Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening. Welcome to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoint. Your program with nationally recognized guests who are experts in their fields discussing today's most pressing issues and where your viewpoints matter. To call with your question or comments about this week's topic or whatever else may be of concern to you, just call Darnell at 563-999-3660 to share your viewpoint. Now, with this week's guest, here's your viewpoint host, Darnell Edwards. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to Darnell Edwards' Viewpoints, and I am your host, Darnell Edwards. We thank you for joining us for tonight's program. And we're going to be discussing a very important subject, the secrets to safety in the workplace, school, and home. We are celebrating Women's History Month at the CWR Talk Network, and we're proud to present a series of short vignettes about some of the women who were pioneers in the fight for women's rights, and you'll hear some of those tonight, and others who are representative of the phenomenal contributions women have made in all areas of society. So please join us in saluting the contributions of women to our world as we honor all of the great ladies throughout history during this Women's History Month. Our special guest tonight is a speaker and consultant on promoting safety in the workplace, schools, and in places of residence as it relates to the prevention of home violence. She recently received the honor of being selected to be a TEDx speaker. Now, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not familiar with that, and this is a, a very prestigious honor. TEDx is an international community that organizes TED-style events anywhere and everywhere, celebrating locally driven ideas and elevating them to global stage. TED, or Technology, Education, and Design, as the uh, that's what the acronym represents, is a nonprofit devoted to spreading ideas, usually in the form of short, powerful talks. She is also the founder and CEO of Oso Safe. Please join me in welcoming to the CWR Talk Network and Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints, future TEDx speaker, safety consultant, and safety advocate, Miss Sabrina Oso. Welcome, Sabrina. Thank you so much, Donnell. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you again. Now, Sabrina, uh, you state that you have long dealt with violence on a personal level and that you know how difficult it is to uh, live in uh, such a chaotic environment. Would you mind sharing the nature of your experience with violence on a personal level? Sure. Uh, I am a victim of home violence. My father beat my mother on a regular basis, and uh, it was very difficult. Um, and it wasn't until I got therapy that um, you kind of realize what it is that's happening to you because you're able to voice it out. But for years, I was silent. You wouldn't even know I was in a classroom. You wouldn't even know my presence in, in a in a um, at a party or some gathering, I was very quiet and uh, very fearful in my own house, and um, so it was very difficult, very very difficult uh, to live in that type of atmosphere. Okay, so your business and the talks that you give and the workshops are really based on a, a lot on your personal experience rather than on education or something that you research. Is, is that correct? Correct. Correct. I bring my personal experience with the subject along with all of the research, all of the 
uh, homework that I've done on my own, uh, classes that I've taken, and so I combine the two, yes. Okay. Now, one of the things that intrigued me about you when I first learned about you was the fact that you take a different approach to consulting about domestic violence or home violence or bullying than uh, a lot of consultants do. They may mention uh, some some of the aspects that you do, but they don't focus on it as a major reason for uh, those problems. So could you explain how your consulting business, your workshops and the things that you do with your company are different from, from other consultants in this field? Well, primarily other people that do the work that I do, uh, or I, I have a different approach to it entirely. A lot of it is uh, nonprofit charity oriented, and I respect all of the nonprofits and charities that do deal with violence, uh, that do deal with abuse. However, I feel that it, it, it just prolongs the problem because we're not getting to the root of it, and the root of it is home violence where everything starts in the home everything stems from the home I am NOT a proponent of the victim leaving in fact I insist that the victim leave it uh, excuse me that the victim stay it's the abuser that has to leave the okay. perpetrator that has to leave so that's what I that's what I focus on okay I can see where that would solve a lot of problems but it would it would seem that that would be difficult under some circumstances too without some legal intervention. But uh, you state on your website, just, just what you mentioned there, that uh, sexual harassment, uh, workplace violence, school violence, bullying, public violence, sexual assault are all related. It's just a matter of connecting the dots and the dots point to how one is raised at home. So what is it that led you to this conclusion and what data supports this assertion? Sure. I have thought about this for quite some time, and I have, in all of the networking events, the, the speaking engagements that I've done and the research that I've done, everything points to how one is raised, uh, what you are exposed to. If you're seeing dad beating up mom or mom beating, beating up dad, or if you're, as a child, you're getting the abuse yourself, all of that will manifest, that type of, vi that violence, that abuse will manifest in the school. You will be likely one to either bully or be bullied. You will be one to start shooting in school or at a mall or at an airport. Uh, you will begin to to basically do what you were taught onto others if you don't get help. Uh, sexual harassment, um, a big part of what I do in my speaking engagements, seminars, and workshops, we have to focus on the boys. A lot of the people that do the work that I do or similar work, they focus on the women, they focus on the girls. I'm saying I'm looking to flip that and say no. We need to work on the boys, that to teach them in the school, in workplaces, in the home, especially that in order to become a man, you do not dominate women and girls. I think that would solve a lot of problems right there. Just that piece of education, uh, because a lot of the perpetrators are men. Sexual harassment. It all comes from how you treat women, how you treat girls. If you're seeing them as commodities, objects, and products, where are you getting that? Yes, it could be your peers. It could be from other, other people that you work with. It could be um, at school. But it all stems from the home, um, how you're, what you're exposed to in the home. Uh, same thing with workplace violence. So it, it, it all stems from... You're, where you're raised and how you're raised and and it doesn't matter whether you're raised in an affluent place if you're raised in a in a poorer community money has nothing to do with it uh economic status uh um your your race your um none of that matters um it's all in how you are what your home environment is okay you know it's it's really interesting that that you mentioned that about 
focusing on the boys, uh, I have had uh, Julie Owens and Barry Goldstein on my show a couple of times. Uh, you may be familiar with them. And on one of the, the shows, I asked them, how can we help the victims? And their response woke me up because uh, they said, we need to focus on getting stopping the abuser. And that will take mm-hmm. care of all the problems with with the uh, with the victim, so it's similar to what you said about focusing on the boys, and I, I think that's really interesting. Now, why do you choose to use the term home violence and not domestic violence? Yes, uh, domestic violence has such a stigma that it is a woman's problem, and clearly it is not. And secondly, it assumes that all of the victims are female, and that's not true either. So I prefer to say home violence; it's more inclusive. And it encompasses whoever makes up your home environment. You could be living with your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your ex, your children, your grandparents, your step-parents, your aunt, uncle, whoever it is that you live with. And an episode of violence can occur in any one of those combinations. So I prefer to say home violence. That way it it resonates in more households, if you will, uh, versus domestic violence, um, mainly for those reasons. Okay, I can see that. That makes a lot of sense. Now, some of the negative consequences of home violence, other than the obvious the harm that's done to victims, is the, the impact on business and education. So could you speak to that? Just how does home violence negatively affect companies' bottom lines and students' education? Yes, uh, absolutely. Companies, for example, there are around approximately 2 million incidents of workplace violence that occurs every year in the U.S. That comes out to be about 33,000 per week, and of those, 17 result in a murder. The cost of that to companies is $40 billion in medical and mental health care and lost productivity and wages. What happens is you have someone, an employee, who comes into work Either they, they do poor work or they don't show up at all or they come in late. And what typically happens is that the rest of the department that that employee works in is, is covering up the, the workload or taking on the workload that that employee would be doing normally. So, and that is just a domino effect. It affects all the other departments. It affects morale. It affects... Uh, if there's a report due or some sort of other important aspect of the company that has to get done, it either gets slowed down it gets, or it doesn't get done at all or it doesn't get done well. So it, it's a dominoes effect, and it, it definitely uh, taps into the bottom line of the company. As far as schools, the, there are 15 million children that witness what I like to say uh, – terrorism in their own homes each and every year. You divide that by 50 states, 5-0, that comes out to be about 300,000 children per state. And I'm well aware that every state is not geographically similar, but let's assume that it is. Let's assume that there's the same amount of children in Texas as there is in New Jersey or New York or Arkansas. Um, Those kids, they just witnessed violence. They just, or the violence is happening to them then we expect them to go to school and get good grades, uh, be involved in school sports and school activities. Meanwhile, dad is beating up mom at home or mom is beating up dad. It's, they can't focus. They're doing poor work. Their grades are going down. Uh, they become depressed. They become isolated or they become a bully. And then it affects all the other children in the school. So, It's not enough that parents are doing well with their children. Um, You could be doing fine with your child. However, all the other parents have to do their job as well because your child, you are raising your child in a good home, in a nurturing, supportive atmosphere. Fantastic. That's wonderful. But if they're sitting next to a child that is – from a broken home, they're exposed to violence, that's going to affect your child's education. 
And with all of the, and I'm sure we'll lead up to this with the school shootings, uh, one is not mutually exclusive from the other. So every parent has to do their job in raising their child in a good, strong, nurturing, loving atmosphere. Um, I I hope I'm making sense (laughs) in answering that question. You're making a lot of sense, and uh, it, it, it helps to see that the uh, there are far-reaching impacts uh, on society beyond the harm that's done directly to the victims. And, and that's something I think uh, many of us may not uh, take into consideration and may not, may not be aware of. So I, I really appreciate you uh, bringing that out. And we'll get back to our conversation here in a few minutes. If you just joined us, this is Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints. And our topic tonight is The Secrets of Safety in the Workplace school and home and our special guest is future TEDx speaker and safety consultant Miss Sabrina Asso we would have love to uh, hear your viewpoint about home violence and sexual assault and sexual harassment in the workplace so call us now at 563-999-3660 when you call please remain on the line you will be placed in our uh, computerized call phone queue uh, that number again is 563-999-3660. When we return, we will continue our uh, uh, discussion and examine some of the statistics uh, that reveal the magnitude of home violence in our society. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network, hashtag one million strong. Listen and imagine. It takes five seconds to send a text, and for those five seconds, you're driving blind. Life is worth more than a text. Stay alive. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. You're watching the news. In fact, in the Times, she's in the man in the news section of the Times. I noticed they had to change it to woman in the news. It's kind of rare that a wife in Washington gets to be in the papers herself. The story was in reference to some of the work I'm involved in, and particularly with the American Indians who started a new national organization, and, and it's very exciting. Some new things are happening throughout the country. Senator Harris of Oklahoma, the new Democratic chairman, and his wife, LaDonna, are generally liked in Washington. One of her attractions is the fact that she is a full-blooded Comanche Indian. When the Harrises moved into a new neighborhood, somebody asked one of their children who his father was, and the boy answered, my father is a cowboy, and my mother is an Indian. Maybe we were about the first Comanche white couple in uh, Washington. You know, and it was exotic to have an Indian woman who was uh, charming and uh, smart and uh, and really activist. I mean, she, was, she wasn't any kind of potted plant or shrinking Violet, she spoke out strongly for what she believed in. I think the greatest challenge is to bring about change. I believe in an organization. Um, I believe organizing on a community level because group pressure is what makes people respond. But you can bring about change if you organize around issues. There were people over the years who felt she wasn't militant. They wanted her to be more militant. She was really famous here. Uh, she was part of the Washington power structure, really. And she and her husband, Fred, they worked as a team. She was one of the first Indian people in modern times that got the attention of the media. It was during the uh, Johnson years that Fred became chairman of the Democratic National Party. There were various political events. She was very beautiful. People liked the pictures of her. And, you know, she was a fascinating character. She has an incredible warmth and openness and sweetness. I hesitate to say sweetness because it doesn't sound as strong as she is, but still, it's true. She was like an 
Look Magazine, People Magazine. She was in Time Magazine, newspapers. I think it gave us hope. I think it gave us a sense that, uh, you know, Indian people were, in fact, going to get the rightful place in society uh, from an economic, social, cultural standpoint. Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network, hashtag one million strong. Welcome back. Before we continue, we would like to recognize the CWR Talk Network Corporate Citizen of the Month, and that's Dick's Sporting Goods. Dick's Sporting Goods has a history of being a good corporate citizen. And we are recognizing the company for their recent action to immediately discontinue the sale of assault-style rifles and high-capacity magazines and requiring all purchases of guns to be at least 21 years of age, regardless of the local laws. Dick Sporting Goods has taken this action in a very volatile and hostile political climate that has surely caused them backlash from gun lobbyists and Others opposed to stricter gun control and may result in financial loss for the company. However, in spite of this knowledge, Dick Sporting Goods did the right thing, the responsible thing. As a result of this, the CWR Talk Network is proud to recognize Dick's Sporting Goods as our Corporate Citizen of the Month for March. And now we return to our program. If you just turn in, uh, tune in, uh, we are discussing the secrets of safety in the workplace, school, and home with our special guest, future TEDx speaker and safety consultant, Miss Sabrina Asso. There's some disheartening statistics uh, you share on your website, uh, Miss Asso, about home violence. We'd like to share those with our audience. The statistics reveal that one out of three women will be beaten or raped in her lifetime, One out of five adolescent girls is abused by her boyfriend. One out of 14 men is physically abused. Every two minutes, a woman is raped in the United States. 85% of all spouse murderers are male. 80% of all runaways come from violent homes. Every day, four women are killed by their abusive partners, and most of them are killed after They have left their abusers. Victims have a 75% chance of being killed after they leave their abusers. One billion women have been beaten or raped on the planet. Home violence negatively affects companies, bottom lines, and students' education, as we just discussed. 15 million children witness violence in their own homes each and every year. Approximately 324,000 pregnant women enter hospital emergency rooms for abuse-related injuries. Now, in your approach to answering the question about what we can do to protect ourselves from the ever-increasingly more violent world that we live in, as shown in the statistics we just shared, where domestic violence, school bullying, sexual harassment, mass shootings are the norm, You ask an interesting question, and that is, should that burden, the burden of what we can do to protect ourselves, should that burden be placed solely on the individual? Would you please explain what you mean by that? Yes. uh, I have said for quite some time that to expect the victim to leave, and that's the typical answer that that we say to victims, why don't you just leave, uh, get away from him or her. But I I know from even personal experience, um, it's very difficult for the victim to leave. Uh, You have someone who just got beat up, who has been put down for many, many years, Uh, whether it's a couple of days, days turns to weeks, weeks turns to months, months turn to years, and even decades. You have children you are 
perhaps the abusers, the breadwinner. Uh, you ha there's many, many factors uh, that the victim has to, has to contemplate. So to expect her or him to leave has always boggled my mind. It has always, uh, I have never taken that, that position. And I feel that strongly that it's the institutions of society that have to uh, take the responsibility to help the victim. And when I, what I mean by that is schools, workplaces, the real estate industry, the sports industry, lawmakers, politicians, hospitals, and our everyday conversations. So and in particular, places of residence, schools, and the workplace. Because if you think about it, right out of the hospital when we are born, it's, the, it's those three entities that we spend most of our time in our place of residence, in the school, and then in the workplace. And it's those three realms that really have to step in and help, uh, help the victim or really become more involved. And, and I feel like with my products and services, it, that will happen, uh, and that is already happening, and it'll just be more, it'll be the better approach, if you will, um, combining education and technology into all those three realms, because what we have been doing has not been working. Otherwise, those statistics, when you're reading them, Donnell, you know, one after the other, and I'm the one who put those statistics. I have researched them. I have. It is really alarming. <laughs> you yes, know, to say I, the know. Least. I, I mean, know. it is alarming. So we cannot go on the way we have been. And um, you know, these these school shootings that have been happening. It is proof of that. We cannot turn a blind eye. We cannot say, oh, it's none of our business. We cannot say, well, the victim, let's blame the victim or the victim just has to leave. We have been doing that, and it hasn't been working. So we need to really step it up and get the institutions of society involved in a way that has never been done before. Okay, I want to come back to that question and talk a little bit more about that. But first, uh, what you're proposing, in order to make that work, how can someone, say if, if it's a female who has been uh, abused, how can they legally get the abuser out of the, the home, the apartment, or, or the house? Well, what I am introducing into, for example, the landlord-tenant community is to have a a policy where it's it's understood. And I have I, I have a package that I'm introducing into the landlord-tenant community. It's called the Oso Safe Home Sweet Home Package, and it has several items in this package. And one of them is a a policy, a pretty extensive policy. It's copywritten, where it is understood that you want to live in my building, that's fine, but you are going to not act in any way, shape, or form that is abusive. If you do, you are immediately evicted from the premises, and everyone goes into full knowledge knowing that, that, is, that that's going to be the consequences. So the abuser gets evicted, and the rest of the family can stay in, in the building. Now, let's for... Let's, for simplicity, let's not assu let's assume that the victim can continue to pay the rent to the landlord. Well, what are the advantages for the landlord? You mitigate liability, you maintain property reputation, your vacancy rates will drop, your tenants feel safe, and you're still getting that rent. And as a tenant, you want to live in a place that is home violence conscious versus versus a place that isn't. Why would you, because what typically happens is that for a landlord, the abuser stays and the victim is on the run. The victim get, moves out, but then the landlord is stuck with the abuser and then all of your good tenants move out. So I'm looking to flip that. And I want to carry over that education and technology. Uh, we didn't talk about technology. I, I'm still working on that part of it. Uh, carry that over into schools and the workplace. Uh, so that way, this information is, if you will, really embedded in people's minds in all three facets. So that way they're hearing it over and over again in the workplace, in the kids' schools, and in your place of residence. Uh, 
we have to learn to not be abusive. We have to le- we have to be taught that. We have to learn that because it's very easy in a way, especially if you grew up with it, to fall into that trap. So uh, of of abuse, especially where we're hearing it, we're seeing it on TV, where we if we grow up with it, it's very easy to fall into that category. So we really need to learn not to be abusive. I hope I answered okay. your question. You, you did. You did very well. And uh, in my research, I saw where you worked with the real estate industry. But, uh, I mean, it's it's just profound uh, what you are doing and what you are proposing. I'm just, just curious. Uh, what kind of response are you getting from uh, the the real estate industry, uh, particularly uh, apartment complexes and uh, realtors who sell uh, homes uh, to your proposal. It is new. Uh, I'm I'm definitely uh, getting responses where, wow, I didn't think of it that way. You know, you're really bringing it home where it needs to be. So I'm still uh, I'm still working all the aspects aspects of it, and I have I need what I need is endorsements, sponsorships, and partnerships to get more corporate backing. Uh, so that way I can really make even a bigger statement, and I can really make a difference in victims' lives um, and and abusers' lives for that matter. Uh, so. It's fairly new, and I'm really, I'm really juggling or rattling people's brains with this, to say the least, on the landlord side, on the tenant side, and I also am introducing a where you are not issued a home insurance policy or a mortgage unless you are educated to not be abusive in your place of residence, and I've gotten positive feedback with that. In, in the because I am a real estate agent, so I've been getting some positive feedback from broker managers and and others in the industry on that because, like I said, it goes back to education and we need to do things that have not been done before because what has been what is being done is just not working. It's, it's just not working. So, um, and I will see to it that it becomes it becomes a standard really a standard condition of residency uh i tell you what we are the causes and issues network here at the cwr talk network and i would like to talk to you about partnering with you because domestic violence home violence is one of the things that uh, we focus on and we don't only want to talk about it uh, help people become more aware and educate them. But we want to be able to move people to action to help eliminate this issue in our society. And I am really, really impressed with the things I've heard you mention here tonight. So I will be in contact to see what we can do to help you if you're interested in, in our help. Oh, now, oh, no, definitely. Thank you. Okay. Now, you mentioned something else going back to what you said before about involving all the institutions and so forth, corporations. So uh, would that involve, in addition to what you just mentioned, uh, introducing legislation into state legislatures and uh, enlisting the support of uh, corporations and things of this nature? Or uh, how do we make that happen? I have been trying to get legislation to change, and it has been very, very challenging. Uh, and I have, it's been very difficult, and they are very set in their ways as well, especially okay. when it comes to uh, child abuse. And they, because I, I have spoken to the assembly people in my district. I have sat in their offices. I have communicated with them, and they are very much set in their ways. That's the best way I can put it. So, I I have tried that route, and I'm I'm more than willing to try it again. But I feel like, for example, uh, Rosa Parks, she sat on the bus, in the front of the bus, 
she did not wait for legislation to change in order for her to 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 defend civil rights. She did what she did. She took action. She got arrested. And then the laws changed. So I feel like I am doing similar. So I am going to take action. I have been developing my company, all of the components of my company, and I am very serious and very um, and very determined to make sure that it does work. And then hopefully legislation will follow. Uh, I think that's the best answer I can give right now. Um, okay. If that hopefully answers your question. Very good answer. Now we want to shift a little bit now and talk about what we can do until some of these other changes that are being proposed can be put into place. Uh, just the way the landscape is right now, what we can do to help those who are, are being harmed. So one of the things is recognizing uh, how to recognize those who are being harmed and may need help. So what are some warning signs uh, that a person may possibly be a victim of home violence? Yes. Well, the biggest one I would say, and there's several actually, I mean, there's several warning signs, but a big one, even in children, I would say uh, adults and children, if you are one way starting out in personality, in, in the workplace, in school, uh, and then you change, you begin to change. Let's say you were talkative, you were social, you were... Uh, you were very outgoing and then all of us not all of a sudden but step by step as the days go by weeks go by months go by all of a sudden that person you see them maybe becoming reserved or quiet or they're not going out as much or they they used to do good work and now they're not doing good work anymore or these are big signs that something could be going on um, any any changes in health, uh, depression, uh, like I said, if they're if they used to be outgoing and now they are quiet, um, if they are coming in with a black eye in the workplace, for example, and they're hiding it with sunglasses, or it's 90 degrees outside and they're covering their arms with long sleeves, they could be covering up uh, bruises, uh, cuts. Um, there could be stress disorders, uh, also defending the abuser quite a bit. Um, if you're, you're on the outside and you notice that something is going on and that victim is defending the abuser when you know, obviously, wow, she is really defending him, making excuses for him. That's another sign. Uh, isolation is also a big one. If you were going out with your friends, you would be with your family a lot, and all of a sudden, little by little, you're being isolated. You're not going out with your friends anymore. You're not hanging out with your family members anymore. That is another sign. Uh, having low self-esteem, putting yourself down, withdraw withdrawal, just in general withdrawal. Um, obviously, injuries like I mentioned, bruises, cuts, um, uh, black eyes, um, and unexplained injuries. You know, oh, I fell down the stairs. Then okay. you need to ask more questions, you know. Uh, so that would be some of the biggest warning signs for a victim. Okay. Now, are, are those warning signs pretty much the same for children as they would be for adults? They would be similar. Yes, they would be similar, especially, and in school, if they're acting out, uh, if they, and they didn't before, but they, they've been acting out, they, they were one personality in the beginning of the school year, and then as the school year progresses, they, they change. That is a, a sign that something could be going on, poor grades, um, evidence of going to the bathroom quite a bit, uh, bulimia, anorexia, um, 
maybe change of clothing even. For example, when a student is of dating age, they used to wear maybe skirts and dresses and was very stylish, and then all of a sudden it turned into long pants, and maybe they're not wearing makeup, and they used to wear makeup. Uh, that's a sign that something could be going on with a boyfriend, with um, their partner saying to them, well, you know, you don't want to attract attention. You don't want to, you know, you're mine. You're, you're not anyone else's, you're mine. So uh, all of that uh, put together is d- definitely warning signs. Okay. Now, if a person suspects that someone is a victim of abuse, but they're the kind of person that is afraid to get involved for whatever reason, uh, but they still want to help, what can they do? If you are in your workplace, uh, and this is some of the things that I set up, policies in the workplace, you designate everyone in each department who to go to. uh, So that way there is someone there that they know that they could turn to, and they, they know, they are trained to know that there is no retaliation, there won't be any any repercussions for disclosing, yes, the reason why I've been coming in late to work is because I'm in a violent relationship. So one has to get involved, uh, and you follow the protocols that have been set up in the workplace. In schools, the, the schools have to get more involved, I have to say, and I feel like they, they, they don't. They do not get involved enough, um, and they have to, again, I train also in that aspect with teachers, with professors, universities, in schools, uh, to look out for the warning signs and designate the person, the teacher or the principal, or, and you have to follow the protocol. Obviously, every district, every board of education has their own rules, so you have to abide by their rules, but they could always be improved. They could always be emphasized. They could always be uh, in, enforced better. Uh, so, but to stay silent is not an option, especially now with gun violence and school violence. Um, everything that happened with Nicholas Cruz in Florida it did not have to get to this point. I can tell you there were plenty of warning signs before he ever bought a gun. We definitely need gun safety, absolutely, but there were plenty of warning signs uh, before. It, it did not have to get to the point where there are 17 people murdered at a school. Um, and we need to, schools have to be much more proactive uh, workplaces have to, and this is what I train on. This is exactly what I train on, as well as in in, in places of residence. Okay, so one of the keys, if someone may be a little reluctant to get involved, is that in uh, uh, educational institutions and workplaces, there needs to be someone, or hopefully several people, that have that are designated that have some training and skills that people can go to and they are made aware of who these these people are. Uh, is, is that right? Right, right, exactly. Okay. They, to stay silent is not an option. It's just not an option. Um, okay. You're silent at your own risk. Okay, all right, very good. Uh, we're going to come back and continue our discussion. Uh, you are listening to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints. And our topic tonight is the secrets to safety in the workplace, school, and home. And our special guest is future TEDx speaker and safety consultant, Ms. Sabrina uh, Oso. And we'll return after these important messages, and we'll discuss bullying and its impact on our youth. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network, hashtag one million strong. People been saying to your friend, get a different face. 
Know someone being bullied online? You can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool and by letting your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. A judge of Puerto Rican descent, Sonia Sotomayor, is only the third female justice to ever serve on the United States Supreme Court. Sonia Sotomayor is not only a pioneer by becoming the first Hispanic ever appointed to the Supreme Court, she really is the classic embodiment of the American dream. Born on June 25, 1954, Sonia Sotomayor grew up in the South Bronx of New York and decided to go into law after watching an episode of Perry Mason. Sotomayor entered Princeton University on a full scholarship and graduated summa cum laude in 1976. Sonia Sotomayor, I know all the way back to when we went to college together in the 1970s. She was a little on the shy side, a little on the quiet side, but always formidable. She was like one of the smartest people in a place that was filled with a lot of smart people. After receiving her Juris Doctorate from Yale in 1979, Sotomayor became a New York assistant DA and moved into private practice in 1984. After being nominated by President George H.W. Bush in 1991, Sotomayor became the first Hispanic federal judge in New York State. She came out of a very difficult background in, in the Bronx, a father who had troubles with alcohol, and a mother who was struggling to support her and her siblings. She didn't have any of the supports that you would think a young child would need to go ahead and then finally achieve the heights that she did. She did it all on her own. In 1995, Sotomayor became well-known for her ruling, which ended the 1994 baseball strike after 232 days. Two years later, she was nominated by President Bill Clinton to become a judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals. I think Justice Sotomayor definitely sees an important interplay between the Constitution and government power, something we often think of as a conservative value, but she sees very important limits on what the government can do. You see that in her time on the appeals courts as well as in her time at the Supreme Court. On May 26, 2009, President Obama nominated Sotomayor to the Supreme Court, where she was confirmed by a supermajority of 68 to 31. Sotomayor maintains a strong public profile through her speeches and her appearances on TV shows. And in 2013, her memoir entitled My Beloved World spent four weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. Supreme Court Justice Sotomayor is the most down-to-earth, humble person. What you see as a judge, what you see in her memoir, what you see in the TV interviews, that's exactly who she is. I consider her an American hero. listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network, hashtag one million strong. Welcome back. This is Donnell Edwards Viewpoints, and thanks for joining us for tonight's discussion. The secrets to safety in the workplace, school, and home. We're joined tonight by future TEDx speaker and safety consultant, Miss Sabrina Oso. Sabrina, bullying, especially school bullying, is an important part of this discussion on home violence. Uh, to help us comprehend the magnitude of bullying on our youth, here are some statistics from StopBullying.gov. 28% of U.S. students in grades 6 through 12 experience bullying. 20% of U.S. students in grades 9 through 12 experience bullying. Approximately 30% of young people admit to bullying others in surveys, and 9% of students in grades 6 through 12 experienced cyberbullying. 15% of high school students grades 9 through 12 were electronically bullied in the past year. However, 52% of LB uh, LGBTQ students experience cyberbullying. Uh, Sabrina, why is bullying such a major issue in today's society? Well, bullying is a form of abuse. By its definition, uh, it's abuse, mistreatment of someone vulnerable 
by someone stronger or powerful. It's a form of abuse, and I feel like bullying has always been around, but we never called it bullying. We've started calling it bullying in the last few years, uh, the last probably 10 years or so. So, and bullies, those that bully and those that are bullied, they come from uh, violent homes. Uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain that that is the root of it. Again, it goes back to the home. Because if you have a good environment at home, you're, like I said before, you're nurtured, you have a good support system in your family, at home, whatever that family is for you, you have no reason to bully. You have no reason to take out your frustration on anyone at school. You have no reason to pass that anger, that rage, that frustration to anyone at school. You would just pass on love and and support, just like how you receive at home. So, uh, and it could go either way. If you're experiencing violence at home, you could either become a bully at school or you can shut down and be bullied. So it can definitely go both ways. Um, and I feel like it's it's a major issue in t- today's society, but I feel like it's always been around. We, we, we just have a name for it now. And especially social media, that also plays a, a good amount of a factor. We didn't have social media years ago, so there's more there's more avenues to bully, if you will, you know. So, um, so it, it's it's just more prevalent, and it's easier to bully um, because there is such a thing as cyberbullying. So, uh, if we make home safe, then the bullying will diminish. I'm a firm believer in that. You you have children that are experiencing horrific violence at home. All violence is horrific whether it be physical, verbal, sexual, or a combination of all three. And then, like I said, we expect them to go out into the world and become functioning members of society. And, um, and what do we expect, really? What do we expect? So, okay. uh, yeah, uh, I, I hope I answered the question. <laughs> Okay. Uh, You know, it's really interesting because uh, there are those who contribute the increase in teenage suicide in society in large part to bullying, but there's conflicting reports about that, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Uh, According to the uh, StopBullying.gov website, uh, and I'm quoting, the relationship between bullying and suicide is complex. Many media reports oversimplify this relationship, insinuating or directly stating that bullying can cause suicide. The facts tell a different story. In particular, it is not accurate and potentially dangerous to present bullying as the cause or reason for suicide or to suggest that suicide is a natural response to bullying, end of quote. And uh, the the uh, StopBullying.com website also uh, objects to the use of the term bully side. Now, they go on to state that the vast majority of young people who are bullied do not become suicidal, and most young people who die by suicide have multiple risk factors. However, uh, in her article, Suicide as a Result of Bullying, writer and psychiatric nurse Pamela Kubarsh states, and I'm quoting again, bullying will cause depression. Depression is the leading cause in all cases of suicide. According to the American Psychiatric Association, over half of all kids who suffer from depression will eventually attempt suicide. 7% will be successful. Every half hour, a youth who has been bullied will complete suicide. Another estimated 19,000 victims of bullying will attempt suicide this year. So, Sabrina, in your experience and your research, which of these conflicting reports about the relationship between bullying and suicide is most accurate? I would say the the stopbullying.gov. Um, I mean, not all. I, I would agree with that definitely. That not all uh, bullying. Uh, the vast majority of young people who are bullied, bullied do not become 
suicidal. I, I would I would agree with that. Uh, I don't think it just depends to what degree you are bullied, how much, how often, and also again your home environment. Uh, I feel like if you're if you're bullied at school, but your home environment is strong, then there's a support system there. They will help you with the bullying at school, and they can talk your parents, your your guardian, whoever your home environment, whoever makes up your home environment, they will speak to the school officials, so on and so forth. The reverse of that, if you may feel safe at school because you have a lot of good friends, but home is not safe. So you have some sort of a support system, at least at school, because you have a good good friendships, maybe even good relationships with teachers, and you feel safe at school. So I feel that it is the not all bullying results into suicide. Definitely not. I would definitely agree with that. And the media definitely, yes, has a has a tendency to exaggerate or to make headlines, you know, uh, definitely. I find that. But I found in, in some of my research uh, violence in the home leads to higher rates of childhood bullying. Uh, that's just one title of one article that I that I looked upon that that I researched. Uh, school bullies linked to domestic violence as adults. So th- there's more of a correlation there versus suicide, uh, I would say. Okay. All right. Very good. Now, uh, what final suggestions or advice do you have for our listeners in stopping home violence? in all of its forms, and especially violence against women in the home and on the job, and stopping bullying? Yes. Well, um, I, I I definitely, in the work that I am doing uh, with my seminars, workshops, and, and in my speaking engagements, I feel that the approach that I have in simultaneously uh, place the residence schools and the workplace getting education and technology into all three, I think that will be a big uh, factor in in solve, or at least getting on the road to solving this problem. Uh, We need to raise our boys differently, where in order to become men, uh, and I, I said this earlier in the interview, you do not dominate women and girls. They need to be allowed to cry. They need to be allowed to express themselves. They need to have good relationships with other, uh, with their fathers, with their grandparents, whoever their father figure is. Um, they need to, uh, I would say, documenting your abuse, whatever is happening, to document it on your phone, in some sort of uh, apparatus, so that way you you and as soon as it happened, by date, what happened, who was involved. So that way you can keep track of it. Um, knowing the difference between abuse and discipline, this is for parents, this is key. Abuse instills fear in your child and uh, discipline instills education in your child. In your child, And that is a huge difference between the two. And I think that is fundamental in preventing home violence, diminishing home violence, uh, parental upbringing of their children so I would say um, all of those things combined it's not it's not just one thing okay. uh, informing yourself on on all of these aspects okay very good uh, thank you so much for for those those thoughts and uh, thank you for sharing your enlightening views on how uh, home and public violence and how we all have a role in reducing such violence. And on behalf of the CWR Talk Network, thank you for appearing tonight on Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints. Now, Sabrina, please tell our listeners who may like to contact you to learn more about your workshops and your seminars and uh, for speaking engagements, how they may contact you. Sure. My website is ososafe.com. That's O-S-S-O, safe.com. My email is sabrina at OsoSafe.com. Okay. Thank you so very much. And we will be in contact to see how uh, the CWR Talk Network and you can uh, work together because, as I mentioned, this is a an issue that's a priority for 
for us, a point of focus. Uh, we would also like to uh, thank each of you, our listeners in CWR Nation, for joining us for tonight's broadcast. Please join us again Monday night as we begin a special month of programming to celebrate Financial Literacy Month. Uh, you may learn more about all of the programs and speakers for April in our newsletter, which will be released on Monday, April 2nd. If you have not subscribed to our newsletter as of yet, visit our website, cwrtalknetwork.com, and click the orange subscribe button in the upper left corner of the homepage. That's cwrtalknetwork.com. April is also tax season. And to kick off our special Financial Literacy Month programming, our special guest next week will be tax expert Mr. Dean Michael. Uh, Mr. Michael is known as the tax doctor. Uh, Mr. Michael will be providing information about how to save on taxes, IRS tax relief programs, the truth about some of the claims made by some companies advertising on TV about helping people who owe large sums to the IRS, and much more. So join us next Monday, April 2nd at 6.30 p.m. Central Daylight Time. So make plans now to join us then. And don't forget, we're also available now on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google+. And if you miss an episode uh, of this show or any show on the CWR Talk Network, you may listen to them through these services as well. That's it for tonight's program is our custom. We leave you with our musical message for this week. Uh, victims of domestic violence and bullying need a support system of real friends. Our musical message for this week conveys that message. We hope that it will be a source of hope and encouragement to anyone listening who has been or is a victim of domestic violence, home violence, or bullying. Listen to the super group of Dion Warwick, Stevie Wonder, Gladys Knight, and Elton John perform Keep Smiling. That's what friends are for. Well, you can't.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.